Welcome to Forge by Fire. My name is Ryan Stevens. I'm here with my good buddy, Rob Heffley, new Conway native. Dude, I'm excited to be back doing the podcast. Brother, let's start it off. Tell me about your grid coordinates. Man, like the big thing is my grid coordinates have shifted. I, I mean, there's been a ton of stuff going on, but I moved to Conway, I guess in May, which seems like craziness. Boom. I'm less than like two miles as the crow flies uh, from Ryan's house. I actually, he actually drove his golf cart over here on a highway, which scares me. But I was like, you know, that's probably illegal. But yes, we did rock it. And so his, uh, he, he came over here and brought his golf cart, you know, so we are in Conway and kind of finally settled after a few months, you know, a little extra COVID time, which is, you know, it feels good to be here. It feels like God, it's a huge kind of a God thing for us. And I know some people still don't understand why we moved. And I just, you know, ask God, you know, ask me, he, he knows way better than I do, but uh, man, just, I'm happy to be here. Uh, the next thing, you know, like, you know, Ron, what about your grid coordinates? Where, where are you at, buddy? Or something, something going on with you that's happened since the last time. It's been a while since we've been on here. Dude, I think uh, what we should do is I think we're going to, do a catch up podcast after this one, maybe um, just tell everybody what dude, it's been a long time. We've had a lot of stuff go on, but this podcast, I think uh, for my grid coordinates, I think we're going to dedicate this to something that when we weren't recording, we lost a good buddy. Didn't we Rob? Oh yeah, man. He was, he was uh, we, I wasn't, I know still, still kind of hits me hard thinking about it. Uh, it, yeah. And so my grid coordinates was, uh, is, I mean, we're living in a weird time and, uh, people are going through so much and, um, it's, and we're going to dedicate this podcast to Cody Sublet. And so my grid coordinates is just kind of thought back, uh, thinking back on that when he asked me to speak at his funeral. And I remember opening up, he wrote notes to everybody. And if you're listening, uh, Cody Sublet was uh, a very unique guy. Man, he was he was like a little brother to me. Uh, he's friends with everybody. He took pictures with everybody. So if you're listening and you're, you're living in a different state, you might not understand, but he was the quirky little brother of everybody and everybody knew him. And well... Uh, Cody was dealing with a lot of stuff and a lot of people did not know that. And I mean, yeah, that thing too is like, even, I don't think we'll ever understand the full gamut because there was some physical illness, um, that he was dealing with plus mental, mental health. And, uh, and that's where I think a lot of times, uh, I really relate to Cody cause a lot of times we, I'm quirky and I, my wife, you know, she makes fun of me about a lot of stuff. It's like, we hide stuff with humor, you know, we make fun of ourselves or we, mm. we say stuff, you know, we way overdo it you know and uh is that to cover up some yeah, other things yeah. that might be going on yeah. In the- oh yeah for sure and that's you know that's the way you know that's why even as a seven on the enneagram man I, you know that's the thing is that they'll say the the wrong thing at the most heaviest moment you know yeah like, you know and that's just the way i'm, I'm gonna laugh about some things i don't want to feel pain and he he was a lot that way you know and i just i miss you know those things that he would say and he, and he you, you never asked that asking what he felt you know about stuff because he would tell us and, uh, you know, I had a, one of my last meetings, yeah, we were actually a couple of days before, uh, we was in a meeting with a, a man alive meeting and we were sitting next to each other and talking about watches. Cause we both love watches and he wants, he's like, I want one with a bunch of colors on it, you know? And uh, I was like, I'll look for one. He said, we both like G shocks. And, and I was sitting there thinking about, you know, just the uniqueness of him, but, you know, sitting there just, uh, all the things, you know, he did just, just, uh, the friendships he brought to so many people and, uh, he brought a lot of joy to a lot of yeah. people. And, uh, this, uh, a few weeks back, me and Ron had a chance to be part of a father son thing. And, uh, 
our friend uh, Shane uh, Dunn brought uh, his son out to uh, to the father son thing, and me and Ryan uh, we got to one of the sessions, kind of cornered him around the fire, and some reason our guys gave these guys these fire starter kits you know i'm trying to <laughs> i'm trying to speak in front of this father son thing and he's trying to start a fire but he's uh, i called him over there because he was sitting in my lap and uh man and it's just so funny thing about keaton you know because i could sit there and as he's sitting, a little cody he's uh, exactly he's sitting in my lap and he was makes a, the same jokes oh yeah it's the exact same personality you know a father son thing and, and it made my heart happy too though to see you know, the DNA, you know, and just how his dad was sitting there as he's sitting in my lap and I'm trying to, I'm sitting there trying to be serious, but I got all I could see was Cody and I, I was kind of just laughed to myself, but man, I just, uh, his life is, uh, we, we celebrated it and he, he had a beautiful funeral man and Ryan did an amazing job. I do not think me personally could do something to a friend, you know, have, you know, sit there the way you did it so well. Well, I appreciate that, man. And uh, to see like uh, several of our friends just come support uh, their family is really neat. And just, uh, and just you know, to sit there to see the community really get behind, you know, something that's just a sad thing. But also see uh, friends kind of live out, you know, like Shane, you know, the father-son thing brought him. And Shane is probably, you know, physically the weakest of us all, you know, but he sits there. And even this last week, took him out hanging out. He was driving down the road, you know, and hanging out with him on Friday, went out to the land and just uh, had us some good time with him. And uh, I think, you know, it's part of that, just kind of living beyond uh, his life on earth, you know, sit there, you know, is your, is your life going to live beyond that legacy you leave? And, uh, you know, I see Cody's doing that. But one of the things that, you know, I even talked to Cody about this a couple of times is mental health. And uh, many of you know that I'm a trained psychotherapist, uh, which uh, really means I went to school for a long time, pretty much. And uh, <laughs> uh, I have a lot of issues and, you know, I still didn't get those words. We all do, right? We yeah. all got the issues, you know? Uh, exactly. And that's like, you know, mental health is like, um, as a 20 years ago, nobody wanted to admit, you know, they went to a therapist or you had to make a guy to go to counseling or it was an ultimatum or, you know, it was like, hey, it was court ordered anger, you know, in management or your wife's, I'm going to leave you to divorce you, you know, men did not want to go. And, and that stigma is kind of slowly leaving that, but there's still so many people that every day suffer white knuckle and do not want to admit that they're dealing with something way beyond. So normally they, they try to jump on, they try to jump on that. I need to go to therapy train when there's a catastrophic incident. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. It's like their guts are hanging out and then their like, arms. It's like, you know, it's almost too late. It's like stage four cancer. Wow. I never really thought of it like that. Instead of trying to do it proactively, a lot of people are doing it reactively. Yeah, most, most, I mean, most men I've ever talked to, like on a counseling side, uh, they, their wife gave them ultimatums. Like, if you do not go to counseling, I will leave you. Wow. Or you can't come back home until you go, you know, all those ones. Cause that question, I was like, Hey, did your wife give you an ultimatum? I mean, that was a question at the first session always. And still, like, you know, I mean, we meet with guys quite a bit still. And I'm like, why are you seeking out help? Or, you know, or why are you sit there? And most guys, you know, that, that don't seek out help or don't, you know, pride, that's like the, I mean, pride is killed more marriages, killed more businesses, killed more things, killed more, you know, just being an opportunity to be good dads to all these things, you know, pride has killed so many things within the mental health because, uh, just cause of native connotations, you guys seen that too. And I know in the military, cause you never wanted anything in your jacket to say, Hey, this guy is suffering depression. This guy is suffering anxiety, you know, because it's a label. 
a lot of people don't want that label. They don't want to be labeled in anything. But yet the fact shows, statistical data shows that one in four, sometimes depending on what research, one in five people in the United States suffer from mental health. So what we're saying is nobody wants it, but yet everybody's dealing with it, especially right now in the COVID. Yeah, I mean, the, the mental, COVID. The, COVID, the mental health, you know, like mental health illness there. And that's where, you know, some of these things, you know, they're long term, some are short term. But that what happened with COVID is it's like a magnifying glass that if there was cracks in your pathology or what was going on with you or your marriage or your business, those either magnifying glass got over, you know, those cracks, you've seen how big they were. Cause I've mm. seen more divorces, I mean, suicides, more, you know, people. Man, just crashing, burning, and people like on the edge that you know. Uh, it scares me sometimes just to see. I mean, you can get on Facebook for like ten minutes to see how you know people are just and they they don't know how to handle stuff. And you know, the mental health. You know, sit there. They they're not taking. Um, they're not thinking how important this is. You know, and you know that's what sometimes I had a guy the other day. I was like, he's like, what do I need to do? I was like, you need to delete Facebook and Instagram off your phone. <laughs> get away, get away from like, the media like, trap. Quit watching the news. Yeah. And you know, those things as like your mental health and your blood pressure, will probably, you know, those things will be better. But, but we know what's crazy, Rob, is we hang out with a lot of guys and we mentor a lot of guys. If you stand in a group, according to the data, if we're standing in a group, three or four guys in that group are suffering from some sort of mental health. When we talk about mental health. Uh, the data shows the number one mental health problem that people deal with is anxiety. I know I do. You know, sometimes I have this underlining anxiety and I don't know why. I just, especially, I, I've always kind of dealt with that, especially after I got out of the Marine Corps. I had this underlining anxiety and you kind of spoke life into me. You're, you're like, you're like, you're pumping cortisol into your body. It's like you're in a, a constant fight mode, which most people aren't. But so anxiety is number one. Statistical data number two is depression. And I know Cody. So when we talked about Cody, if you don't live in our area or listen to our podcast, sometimes Cody ended up taking his own life. And I know I've sat down and talked to him and I know that he was dealing with both of those. And it's crazy how the data falls in with him is that, like I said, one in four, one in five people are suffering from some sort of mental illness. And the top two is what Cody talked to me about. And that's anxiety and depression. And, and a, and a huge part of that too, is like these, there's all these other things going on. Like, you know, there's a magnifier, like Cody had some, physical illness too, you know, Parkinson's disease that, you know, it's not, there's stuff there he couldn't do as well as he wanted to be able to do and didn't want to be a burden to so many people. And, but I see that too, is like, we have these, we don't realize these other things like COVID, you know, magnifies things, you know, you're having money issues, all these things like, you know, there's depression, anxiety. We want to, many of us, we have these coping mechanisms and, uh, that's the part too where men do not handle it well. Like yeah. what what are some coping methods? And I know like yeah. you and I, what's really good about this podcast, Rob, is that we're not telling people how to do it. We're essentially you and I are round tabling how we can fix ourselves and other people within our, you know, group, right? Yeah. So what's give me a couple examples that you've seen of coping mechanisms. When a guy looks at you and says, I'm fine. But he's not fine. You know they're lying. I know that's right. But what? Give me some examples. That's what you know. Everybody has some different things, and 
I'm going to talk about the negative coping mechanisms first of all. And we all see these, you know, drinking, uh, you know, sitting there way too much. Where, the, you know, they're hammering 30 packs, you know, pints. And you're like, hey, what's going on? You know, sitting there that and sometimes the drugs, you know, sometimes and they have like they put themselves in situations relationship wise that are not good. And I uh, mean, just checking out these different things, you know, their mental health is like, hey, how can I cope with this? You know, anxiety wise. That, is it looking also for like looking for an outlet? Oh, yeah. I mean, I sit there, you know, the negative ways like, hey, what can I do to, you know, some people's like, I don't want to feel or I do want to feel, you know, they try to use it and they, and what can I do to do this? And, and it's so. That's uh, powerful. What you said, dude. So it, it, the coping mechanisms could be, I want to fill everything to hide what is going on, or I want to feel nothing. Mm-hmm. So, so I don't feel what's going on, man. I never, I've never heard of it like that. I always thought it was the nothing, right? You want to numb everything out, but you know, when guys go after things that are bad, you know, uh, thrill seeking pornography, bad relationships, things like that. That's the feel part, right? Yeah. That's what we talked mm. about early in that book. It's your call. And, uh, there's no desire. And they're like, what can I do to awaken some desire within me? Mm. And so they try these, you know, false intimacies and awake, and they're really looking for the desire of God, but then they're hard, you know, to awaken what God's really called to do. So they look for, I just want to feel something, you know, this, mm. this lasting more than, uh, this window. And the same thing is the other side of was like, I don't want to feel anything. I just want to, I want to know, I don't want to feel pain. And I remember sitting in my therapist office with my wife and they're like, uh, my natural tendency is to avoid pain. And I'm like, Hey, that everybody avoids pain. You know, like that's, that's what I thought. And they're like, you just need to sit in that. And I'm like, no, I don't want to <laughs> sit in that. I was like, I was like, heck no, no, I want to, you know, why would I want to feel that? And I was like, no, you need to sit here and sit in this. And what I've realized, man, man when you feel pain, you realize you don't want to stay there. So what happened is that pain helps you change. And that's why even I was like, you know, sit there. A lot of times you see people in relationships, they don't want to, they try, they don't want their spouse to feel pain. They don't want their kids to feel pain. So they remove these things where they're, they're codependent and they're making their spouse. Okay. Go ahead and cheat on me 12 more times. Instead of saying, kick them out of the house. They need to feel some pain. Mm. And, you know, I had a really good friend, uh, his son went, you know, haywire and they had to say, Hey, you can't live here. We love you. But when you want help and you want to get off drugs, we'll be here. So for a year, you know, from 18 to 19, they, you know, sitting there checked on him, but you know, they sit there, we can't have, you know, until you get ready to feel no pain. And he came a couple months ago back to him and said, Hey, I'm ready. He's actually in rehab right now. And, uh, but he had to hit that bottom, had to feel the pain enough and a lot of times we don't want to let our kids do that. We don't let, you know, friends do that, mm-hmm. that, man, it's hard. And even, you know, I was reading, uh, and I heard a story too. My friend, my, uh, my friend, my, I say he's my friend. I feel like he's my friend more. He's not. I wrote the book Becoming a King. And last year I was at one of his events listening to, you know, in the story talking about his wife leaving her at a mental health institute. And she, you know, she, she was all for it until he had to leave. And I can't imagine he's like knew it was the best thing for, you know, her mental health and they're in wow. a great place now. But I was like sitting there like, Hey, she doesn't, you know, she wants me to sit there, but I got to, you know, love her enough to help her. You know, yeah. uh, when you're talking about this, I start thinking, you know, I had somebody tell me a long time ago it was about like, uh, they use the word emotional intelligence, meaning I know that I can do a self-assessment, a true self-assessment. 
And I think sometimes as guys, what we do is we, we just don't want to deal with it or we don't want to talk about it or we don't want to be labeled. So it's better just to put it off in a closet. And you hear guys talk about, man, I got a closet full of bones. And they're not talking about when they were in high school chasing girls. They're talking about things they're dealing with. I know within my veteran community, there's guys that operate on a highly functional level. But internally, there's gunshots going off in their head. And they're dealing with just anxiety. And the world we live in, Rob, is putting more and more pressure. You got to work harder. You got to work longer. You got to work faster. You're not good enough. You need to be better. And the weight of the world is on some of these males. But what they do is they put on the mask and say, everything's fine. And I think what you're saying is to set in the pain, we have to have an emotional uh, intelligence to do a self-assessment or have a brother that we can trust to speak life into us. And then we can say, okay, I need to sit in the pain. And what I th- what I'm taking from you is so I can get a perspective of what's really going on. It's almost like if you don't deal with it, it's it's like a it's a, denial. It's a two well, it's like a two liter bottle of soda that you just shake up, shake up, shake up, shake up, shake up, and then boom. And then all of a sudden, you know, you read in the paper about a guy beating his wife or somebody turning into an active shooter. You're like, what led up to that? Let's say, you know, in PTSD, we've talked about this before, you know, we always see fight or flight. That's the two big ones. But there's also a P's. And a P's like, everything's fine. Everything's fine. You know, and they're like, but it's not they're, fine. About, they're about to explode. And uh, you, you see this, you know, how, you know, like there's like all these little things. It's like that sandpaper, that you know, that trauma. It's like slowly and they're slowly, you know, when finally one day they just blow up. But it's so easy to do that. You know, we don't think about who's all there in COVID, you know, this is like, is it, it sit there magnified these situations and people where, man, they're about to explode. But I, I know my, myself, you know, sit there, I look back in the last, uh, you know, you know, six, seven months, man, I, there's some days I've handled stuff very well. And some days I'm like, man, that's not the person I want to be. But what I've realized about the self-awareness this of our own mental health is, um, you have to, and this is a physical way to look at it. This is a physical analogy right here. It's like, I have to go look in the mirror naked and see who I really am. I have to get on the scale and see where I'm really at because I can sit there and lie to myself every day. You know, I keep lying to myself that, you know, that's not, that scale's not, you know, not get, I'm not going to get on that. It's not going to be right. Why do we, why do we do that as males? Why do we, why do we lie to ourselves like that? Why, why can't we have a true honesty with ourselves? Is it because we don't want to know the truth? Um, I think, I think it's a huge deal, you know, sit there and like, you know, that whole thing, one of the things that I live my life by, you know, like, live your life, you have nothing to hide, uh, nothing, nothing to prove and nothing to fear. You know, that I love part. that saying, can you say it one more time? Live this your life so like you have nothing to hide, nothing to prove, nothing to fear. You know, That's so good. Part of a warrior, uh, Michael Thompson wrote the book and heard him say it a couple of years ago as a podcast listener and read his book. But that I go back to that. Cause like, why am I trying to hide this? Why, you know, what? What benefit is this? What are you trying to prove? Yeah, what you know, I filter it through that part. It's like I'm trying to hide who I really am. I have an issue, and um, and I was like, you know, are you gonna think less of me? You know, sit there. Mm. You know, is God gonna love me less? You know, He knows everything anyway. But I don't want to know because I have to deal with it. Because when they're in our life, when revelation comes about who we really are, we have two choices: to either deal with it or ignore it. And the longer we ignore it, it's just kind of like gangrene. 
you know, an infection, a cut, you know, we're going to ignore it. It gets infected. We keep ignoring it. You know, finally they cut our leg off and eventually if we don't deal with it, we die. Same thing. So, you know, what's crazy for our listeners, Rob, I think there's probably somebody listening right now and says, one, I don't deal with mental health issues. I've never had mental health issues, but the statistical data shows that 10.3 million people recently, 10.3 million people have thought about suicide. And I think what you said about COVID's worse. So even if you're not in that 10.3 million people that have thought about suicide, 17% of our youth right now, 17% of our youth have a mental health disorder. So it might not be you. It might be your child that's dealing with this because there's pressures on them as well. And it's showing, the data shows that mental health is increasing. You know, that's what's crazy and gets me fired up, Rob, is when I'm around these veterans and they look at me in the face and they have this hardcore look and they say, there's nothing wrong with me. And I look at them and I say, be honest with me. What's going on? I know his life's in shambles. I know he's about to leave his wife. I know he's drinking to the end of a bottle every night. And he looks at me, he says, I'm fine. I said, if you're so fine, then why are 22 of our brothers killing themselves a day? Yeah, that's probably, and that's probably really low. That's probably really low assessment too. It's what, you know, with depression too, was like, you know, it touches everybody. Like one, like one in six uh, people are on psychiatric drugs in the U S I just, you know, <laughs> so that's you know, one in six. That's yeah. Like, I mean, what I like, think about it is, is sometimes there's extremes, right? There's somebody who is really dealing with mental health issues like our good buddy, Cody Sublet. Uh, things that were going on that we just couldn't talk about or cope with and we can't understand. But I, 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 I ask our listeners to think about this. Have you ever drove to work and got a sick feeling and didn't want to pull in the parking lot? Has there ever been a day that you woke up and just laid in bed and said, I don't want to deal with today? Uh, Rob uses this great analogy, and that's why I like kicking it with this guy. And that's why I love doing this podcast is he says it's like a check engine light. Your engine's running fine and you're operating, you're living life and God's working in your life. And all of a sudden, bing. The check engine light comes on. That's the day you don't want to get up. That's the day you want to throw down an extra six pack. That's the day that something goes on. What's that check engine? Well, you know what that's called? That's your mental health. That's something going on saying, hey, dude, we need to stop. Do we need to diagnose this and figure out how to cope with it? It's uh, what happens. People, I mean, check engine light, most, most of our friends and most of the people I think we deal with, man, has been on for years. I mean, it's like, it's like they're sitting there. They're not running good at all, you know. It's like running on a flat for five <laughs> years. Sitting there like, you know, and that then part. it jacks up the and axle. Like, and, and like, they don't know how good their life would be if it's normal. Mm, they don't know what it feels really like, good. you know, like, hey, and if I, if I was sitting there just because, like my wife, I love her to death, but she has like a curved four wheels on her Denali. I've done one, so I can say what I was dancing driving through a drive-thru, being stupid, and uh, having fun with the kids. But she's done like four wheels, so don't need new tires. But, man, I get in her car and drive it, and it pulls like. Does it wobble? <laughs> it's like pulling one way. I was like, we got to get this, got to get it in. You know, like. But my, if, you drove it, if you drove it every day, you would never know. You know, know exactly. You're, you're acclimated to it. And that's where so many of you guys, and what happens is, too, um, you, you have friends, you have spouses, you have to say, hey, you need to get help. And if you're one of those people, I would definitely say, Hey, like, you know, you think you're fine. They, they told you that because they love you. 
and uh, you know sit there because they they know that you need to get help. And there's and there's and now and we have more therapists. I feel like per capita too. I mean, I know a ton. I know it's kind of a circle I live in. But uh, you can message me or Ryan, and we you know I help people all the time. Find people out of state. You know, sit there with people in their area. Or, or just somebody to talk to because uh, the, having that voice to listen to, having that person, you know, sometimes it's just a mediator. Sometimes, you know, a lot of times I have coffee or I have, you know, lunch or breakfast with a friend, man. And, man, and sometimes I get some of the heavy, heaviest stuff that, you know, I feel like, you know, I feel like peanut butter drowning, you know, that I just like. I, but what happens is that's what I know God put me on this earth for to, to do that and be here for that. But there's there's a time you have to ask for help. And that's one of those things that. Man, do not try to do this alone. Don't be a lone ranger in this. You know, don't your your mental health is, you know, to be to be to be healthy you know, and be preventative. You know, have friends do do life together. And I mean, I'm a huge person about holistic. You know, I was like, you know, exercise is a huge deal. I mean, I I, I meditate, man. You know, I'm a Christian, so you know, I read my Bible, prayer. You know, surround myself. You know, a band of brothers. Uh, multiple things you know to feel better you know having goals having purpose you know sitting there tracking this stuff but also you know having real friends to say hey man what's up you know having to speak in my life and you know also my wife you know the same thing and man uh, 10 years you know uh I'm, I'm i have a therapy appointment wednesday and and uh not because i'm doing horribly bad but it's because man i i want to i want to thrive I want to live an optimal life and, you know, sit there because I, I went back, you know, I was like, Hey, I'm, I'm good after one session. But what happens is it's kind of like you, you're good. You feel good. But I was like, Hey, I wanted to be better. And, you know, it's kind of like you want that to stick where you keep going and keep making good, uh, good decisions and, and listen and, and be what, you know, God's called you to be. And it's like oil. I mean, you, you just, you, you do preventive maintenance on your car to make sure it can make it to 150, 200,000 miles, right? That's, that's what you do. So I think, and, and I don't want our listeners to get it twisted. You know, you can go seek therapy with a therapist, or you can do it with a close friend, or you could do it with your wife. I think what it is, is that, especially men that I've been around, is they recluse. I'll see it. I'll be around a guy and all of a sudden there'll be a life incident that goes on and what they'll start to do, we call it the crawfish, right? They'll start to back in into a cave and next thing you know, I don't hear from them for two or three months. And I'm like, what's going on? Oh, dude, I'm fine. And they just keep reclusing. And I think that what you said is bullseye is you need to get connected and give, find somebody that's going to allow you to be listened to be listened to. So you can go out there and talk. Let me see. Can I say one thing real quick, Rob? I have a friend right now that is a good friend of mine. And this is why mental health is so important. He's a veteran and he's a great dude. And I've known him forever. And I asked him, I said, uh, tell me a time, uh, tell me where you're killing it at life and tell me where life is killing you. And he looked at me and he said, I'm not winning at all. And that's when I knew the check engine light was on. And I said, brother, can I help you? And he said, no. And that's what really scared me is because what if you have a guy who can't, who doesn't want to be connected? What do you do then, Rob? Is it from a therapist view? Like what, what will we tell? What, I mean, if they're not going to help themselves. That's what, uh, I think one of the hardest things in my life, I'm still learning how to do this is, 
I try to help people that don't want to be helped all the time. Multiple ways. I get uh, I get ahead of myself. And also, I, I'll get disappointed when uh, they don't try to help themselves and they have every resource and they don't try. You know, you put resources out there and that's that's just, you know, that's the way the world is. And I really, man, it's, you know, and I really pray. I pray for those people. It's like, man, I love that's God. Good. I was like, I release them to you, Lord, because I have no control over them. And only on a good day can kind of control my life. And, but I was like, I have no control. So, but, you know, I release them, you know, sit there and I pray, you know, like I check on them too. And sometimes I'll, you know, offer them help or guidance or different things because I think a lot of times, and some of you guys right now are being like completely, and I just had this feeling of, man, I tried to seek help and it was from my pastor who just gave me a book to read, met with me one time, gave me a scripture, shamed me for what I did, mm. told me not to do it again. Um, those things, and I want to tell you right now, you know, and I apologize because there's um, a lot of pastors aren't trained to be uh, counselors. That's just, and some are, but a lot are not, and a lot of them are doing what the best they know how to do with, you know, and you know, sitting there. But, and that's where, man, I'm, I'm a huge person about, you know, if if you need help, seek a professional. I mean, I don't, I don't go talk to my accountant about my mental health issues. Mm. I don't talk to my therapist about my business you know, money issues. So it's seeking good counsel. That yeah. could be with your friends too. Yeah. So but trying I was, to talk you know, about your mental health with, with somebody who is yeah. a friend, quote, unquote, friend, but that's not the place it should be. It should be somebody that is within your good counsel or a band of brothers, somebody you trust, somebody you can speak life into you. But I think sometimes even good friends don't, they shame you. They don't listen. Mm-hmm. They tell you how to fix it. And they don't let you be you at that moment and say, hey, what can we do? You know, those good friends like, hey, let's go get a beer. Let's push this away, you know, aside. Versus, versus to fix it and deal with it. Well, fix it. You know, there's, and that's where, I mean, Ron are pretty, um, with each other and some of other people were pretty confrontational. Yeah. I'm like, I'm going to slap you if you don't tell me. That. <laughs> yeah. Right. And that's, and that's very rare. And it's very rare that, you know, we're truthful too. That's uh, that on th- you know, authentic. And, you know, the authentic, you know. And I think I feel like very few males have that. And what I say, because most males, after they get married, the people, the males they have contact with are people they go to church with and people they work with. And they never want to lose face into those two people. So they're never really authentic. Kind of, they're true. They have a facade on. Mm. I've got it together. So, and that's and the reason I'm saying that because, um, and that's what, man, I was like telling the therapist, I was like, to have somebody can go completely dump life on. It's amazing. <laughs> you know, you pay for it, but it's yeah. like that part is like, hey, I'm a jerk. I did this. I did this. Can you believe I said that? And, you know, it's like not the person I want to be. And they, they usually laugh at you a little bit. You know, I mean, if you That's got, funny. if you knew the stuff I told my therapist, you know, <laughs> man, he's one of the most awesome dudes ever. And, uh, but he makes me feel, you know, like he plays me songs and stuff, which makes me laugh. But uh, what happens is, you know, that right there is like, hey, He's like, hey, this is Rob. This is where I'm seeing where you're at. And I know who you are. And this is not where you want to stay at. Mm. I know you want to grow. And sometimes our friends can help us do that. And sometimes they can't. Though. And sometimes you guys, that's your problem is like you need new friends that, you know, said, you know, John Maxwell says we're average, you know, average of the five people we spend the most time with, you know, and that's where, hey, that's that part right there is like, you know, good friends call the best out of you. And they see the best in you. They see who you can be. 
And, you know, and that's where, you know, and I pray for, I mean, I'm blessed with those kind of friends. Um, but that's one of those things too, that it's just, a, it's a huge deal. Um, and I, I would sit there and I was like, you know, I sit there and reason that I'm kind of busting Ron's balls about this. Cause I've called him out about therapy, you know, the call to action. I know you've invited me like. I don't know, 200 times. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, and I have like, he asked me tonight. He said, uh, have you been to therapy? I'm like, no, dude, not yet. And the, and the reason I say this is therapy, there's some things for PTSD, things for like that, that helps cope. It takes that level of anxiety from a 10 down to a two. And what happens is my life, if I can take that level of 10 down to a two, I do it every day. You know, I, I this is just being 100% authentic right now. I think that I have really good uh, coping mechanisms and I can manage it, but I'm not getting it corrected. So what I'm doing is I'm putting a fix a flat in my tire and driving on it because I got friends like you. Man, if I come to you, I, I come to you with my problems. Uh, my wife is a great person as well. But there's people throughout my day or week that throw gas on the fire, right? And maybe it makes my anxiety go up. Or, um, dude, during COVID, just being authentic, I have been irritable, man. And so I don't think that I'm actually going to a mechanic to get uh, an alternator. You're going to that shade tree mechanic. He's <laughs> like, how do you pop the hood? Yeah, that's exactly right. So I think you're right, man. Uh, what I, what I want people to know, especially our veteran listeners, guys that listen to podcast, I, one, I appreciate you listening. This is a hard topic to talk about, but there's nothing wrong with seeking help, dude. If you were shot on the battlefield, would you not yell for a corpsman? Then why are we not as males going out and trying to seek a little bit of proactive health and people say, well, it's not me. I'm fine. I'm not, I'm good. I know people I I know right now I can probably count on two hands. How many of my friends that have committed suicide? I hate saying that. And mm-hmm. most of them are in the veteran community as Cody was. So if, if it's, how am I impacted by all these suicides? If everyone's so dang great, it's not true. So I think what it is, is, it's okay to say you're not okay, especially during the COVID, these unprecedented times that we're dealing with right now. You need to have some coping mechanisms and seek some help. I mean, we just, um, I can't see another one of my friends lose their life again. I can't do it. I was, uh, I was spending some time with one of our friends this last week. He's hundred percent disabled and it's just a salt of the earth person that, I just, you know, he's a, he's like a brother and, uh, there's shame about being a disabled veteran because he's like, you know, the purpose. And we kind of went through that. just kind of talked about it. And, um, but I, I want to tell you this, man, I was like right now, some, if you're a veteran, um, and if you need help, reach out because me and Ron will advocate for you and find you somebody, whether it be the VA or somebody, you know, there's other things. I know people there's man in Russellville, man, he's a, prior prior service army you know officer that you know awesome guy actually went to therapy when i lived there for a while with him you know harold just one of those guys just to you know just saw there but there's several people like that man and people that love to help vets and want to help and uh and i think too right now and just uh, to cover this too because i feel like um that's a huge one under met right now man but i feel like you know 
uh, police officers right now, man. Just, oh uh, man, for sure. Uh, and it's just a hard thing, man. And there's also, you know, one of the conversation me and Ron's had a bunch, you guys have probably heard some of his podcast too with Leo Cummins, man, African-American males, man. It's just, uh, and whether, you know, whatever side you're on, they're just like, there's all these things that people, you know, are trying to pick sides and that's what, you know, division is. Dude. And there's just so much anxiety. You know, I can't imagine, I can't imagine being African-American or a police, policeman right now in this world because they, uh, they, no matter when they leave the house every day, something bad could happen, you know, yeah, on either Lee, side. You know, Lee and I talked about he, what Rob's talking about is a podcast called black dude, white dude podcast. And you can find it on iTunes stitcher. I think they have it on and they're phenomenal dudes. And man, Leo really changed my perspective on just what they have to go through on a daily basis. And I really opened up my empathetic eye. I mean, talk about mental health and stress and the weight of the world right now. And it just, I think we're going to see a ripple effect of mental health because of this, Rob. I mean, you think about one of the worst things you can do is not connect. You were meant to connect. Jesus had disciples. Um, that's what the church is for. And this COVID has forced us into caves. And I think the mental health, you're going to see a ripple from that. Man, the stress, what's going on in the world, the unpredictability. Um, and I think that's what's kind of driving this podcast tonight and to uh, and to talk about Cody. So, you know, that's where, you know, no matter where you're at, you can say right now, Rob, I'm doing great. Uh, you know, or I'm sitting there, you know, or I've got a pistol and, you know, next to me. I just want to tell you that, man, it doesn't matter, but I, I would, you know, seek out to seek help, to seek, you know, seek communities, seek friendships that people that speak life to you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, things, the question I ask, this is my favorite question to ask people now, like what brings you joy, man? And today I was thinking the things that brought me joy was, you know, man, I got to go to my church, New Life here in Conway, and and probably the just one of the most amazing worships, you know, and and Brandon Shatz, I was leading, and what's funny, man, my my brain's memories, you know, like like constantly. In 1999, I heard Brandon at Conway Kai Alpha, my friend, brought me down here. I just rededicated my life, you know, 20 21 years ago when school was starting back at UCA. Never forget about it. But I was like that first moment, you know, because the guy's still leading worship, you know, still doing what God's calling to do you know, that moment, and then his wife are back into preaching, and uh, it was just like this amazing word, I was like, man, both of those things that like, brought me joy, you know, like, I was just loving that, you know, sitting there enjoying that today, and uh, and what, I sit there, and I was things like that, that what, what brings you joy, because what happens in this world right now is like, you know, what brings us division, what brings us all these other things, but every day, what brings you joy, not beyond gratitude, you know, and even with Ryan asking, we talk about work, we talk about, you know, life calling and stuff. I was like, man, what brings you joy? And, uh, and those things, you know, mental health, because, you know, happiness is a choice every day, but joy, something deep within that, you know, that it comes from God. You know, it's funny you say that, Rob, about what brings you joy. Before I met you, no one's ever really asked me that. You know, people say, what makes you happy? But joy is this internal, like, feeling of uh, uh, content, right? And I never really thought about, you said what brought me joy. One thing that I use as my therapy, right, is jujitsu, man. It's, it's, there's something about jujitsu. How can I worry about the life when I'm worried about someone trying to choke me, right? It's, it's like, 
that's what's focused on right now. And man, it is my, I'm telling you, there's a lot of veterans that I know right now that have not gotten and tried jujitsu. I'm telling you, there's a bond there that you missed from the military. There's uh, fitness. If you can get your body right, you're getting your mind right. And then also, man, I, it just, I, when I leave the mat after a hard session, man, I'm at peace with the world. And I've talked this about this on the podcast, but I never really connected jujitsu to joy until I talked to you. And now I know that it's like the, it's like church and Jesus. I need them. I don't want them. I need them. I need jujitsu in my life. It is my one, almost like when something gets out of balance and you got to realign your tires, jujitsu is that for me. And if you don't know where to go or what to look for, you can message me. And man, I have this little checklist that I tell people to do. If not, I mean, I can give you that or I can tell you where to go. I, I've been very fortunate to roll jujitsu all over the United States. And here's what, you know, I want to explain Ryan's version of joy in jujitsu, though. His, his his version of it. he loves to teach you something and tap you out and whisper in your ear welcome to the dojo <laughs> it's the art of folding clothes with people in it is what exactly. it is exactly you know but i get there. beat up it's not that i'm tough especially no. with the covid i caught the what they call it the covid 19 i caught the covid 15 pounds right here dude, dude i've lost 20 during have you really yeah. you lost 20 Dude, I have not. I gained like 20. 10 the first week because all I did was cook. And I was like, dude, <laughs> I, I need to, dude, I'm telling you, me and my wife starting tomorrow, we're going to start running. Tomorrow. Oh, I'm serious. Oh, Jesus help yeah, you. Yeah. I know. Dr. Fit, man, that's a shout out to him. He helped me. Oh, he, Dr. He, Fit's he, like, a gangster. He did, he did online workouts with me and stuff. But, but that keeps your body and mind mm. straight, right? Yeah. It's the, it's the, I don't want to do anything, sit on the couch, drink beer. You know, and play then, video games. Yeah, and not be uh, not be optimistic about life. You know, one thing I had a veteran come up to me, and he was really in the dumps, Rob, and and I could just see it on his face, dude. He had the black circles. You could tell he was up all night drinking. He admitted to me that he, you know, he he put a gun in his mouth, and I told him, I said, "Listen, dude, this is what we need to do. Right now, you're looking up the hill. You need to stop, turn around, and look how far you've came." And I forced him to open up his I love me binder. If you don't know what an I love me binder is in the military, it's like all your certificates and awards and everything you've ever done. And he flipped through. And you know what I saw? I saw a smile creep through his face. So I'm going to challenge our listeners right now. Dude, you might be unemployed, pending a divorce, addicted to drugs. You might be at the lowest part of your life. Listen, you have what it takes. Someone loves you. God loves you. Take a second to pause, breathe, turn around and open up your I love me binder. If you don't pause and think about where you have came to this point. And let me tell you, do that veteran. He smiled and it changed his whole perspective. It's like what you look at or what you look for is what you're going to find. It's crazy. So it's, it's like a guiding system. If you want negative, a negative mindset will never produce a positive mindset, period. And I think that helps a little bit with mental health, in my yeah. opinion. I know that's what yeah. I use sometimes with yeah. coping. I mental. Know, that's, that's a great one. And back to joy real quick. Here's one of those things, I mean, like real true joy, like and love, you know, all, all the fruits of the spirit. You know, even Bob, we can read that. A lot of us learned that song when we was little, but man, they overflow. 
in real people's lives, like joy overflow. You know, there's the people you want to be around because you're like, hey, I know this person's life giving. Yeah. Because they have joy. They're a you know? fountain of yeah, joy. And, yeah. And they make your yep. life come. And, and one of the ways, you know, it's like, how do you get there? And I think back, you know, um, last year and I was at Becoming Good Soil, uh, Morgan uh, Snyder talked about this little, it's like a little pyramid, but he talked about the first thing in life is God. The second thing is soul care. Man, that's so good. God, he's like, he's God and soul care before your marriage, before your family and kids, you know, before this stuff. And what happens is so many times God somewhere in there and soul care is not, you know, soul care. I mean, I, you know, I think about prayer, I think about, you know, reading your word, the things about those things. Cause if you don't have that, it's not going to overflow in the rest of your life. You know, sit there. If that's not flowing the rest of your life is how's your marriage? How's your kids? How's your work? You know, those things, how, how are you handling things? And even because I know that, that I need those things in my life, I need those soul care. I need to take time. I need to take, you know, even the Bible says, you know, you know, take a Sabbath day to, you know, those things to slow down. And me and my wife both try to give each other, you know, a day. We've talked about that before each week. And even my wife's like, we're going to Mexico next week. And, uh, you know, she's like, got to travel. I'm like, what are you going to do? And she's like, I just want to lay pool. I was like, you have a pool here you can lay next to, but, you know, yep. but no kids, you know, no responsibilities. And, and uh, those things that, you know, for soul care for her. And for me, you know, man, it's just like people, I get soul care, you know, I feel like from around people, around friends, around those things. But those are huge for me to have, you know, to have in my life for mental health, my mental health to be positive and in a good place and not to be, you know, going downhill, but not my check engine lights. Like, hey, Rob, go in there and get, you know, I go to counseling. I mean, going to more, I sit there and try to meet weekly with, you know, friends in big groups. And I also try to have lunch or breakfast with somebody that's life giving. It brings me joy, you know? And uh, sometimes that's hard to do. I, you guys like, I don't have anybody like that, you know, find somebody. I mean, sit there and there, there's, cause there's lots of people out there, you know, you know, I try, and those are things that try, you know, sit there, try to spend time with my kids, you know, one-on-one. And uh, this week I took my little girl, took her and got her nails done at the, we got pedicures together. I know it sounds Boom. really manly, but you know, she was. Welcome the, to the dojo. She loved life, you know. Dude, that's investment right there. But you know, those things that, you know, that bring me joy, you know, sit there, how, how do I do that? How do I invest in those things? You know, stop and slow down, you know, solitude, silence, all these things that you can do for yourself. And, and we, and we can talk more about that later, but those things are so important for your mental health and just cause you know, physically, um, I would, I would tell you this too, you know, like you say, Hey, depression, anxiety, things go, go get a physical and get some blood work done. That is a very good, you know, Thad Harden, the yeah. doctor here in yeah. Conway, that he was talking about the same thing. He said, if a guy's out of whack and he doesn't know what's going yeah. on, you're like, man, I wake up every day and I'm just dragging. I never yeah. get any sleep. I'm tired. Dad's like, you need to get a physical. Oh yeah. And that's what, you know, in blood work and having somebody knows what, um, of, I, I, I mean, I'm honestly, I've been on testosterone therapy about three years. I was like, man, my libido is still good. You know, <laughs> I still love my wife. And now like, then I got on testosterone therapy. I really love my wife. You know, she's like, <laughs> you need to dial it down a little bit, you know, but sitting there, what happened was, um, doctors used to be trained on like, Hey, if your testosterone is 300 to 900, you're good. What happened? That was from age 18 to 85. So, you know, if you're 30 years old and you got 300, that's, you know, maybe if you're 85, you know, but you know, you're sure you're not feeling as well. That's what, that's a huge deal. You know, vitamin D, I was a vitamin, when I moved to Ohio after two months, cause it's the class space, I was vitamin D deficient. All these things that, you know, it's like, Hey, mentally, physically, it's like, Hey, 
do the things you can do to take care of, you know, physically get a physical, you know, sit there and see if there's anything wrong. If not, you know, then to sit there, those things that those emotionally, you know, you know, a huge thing, man, spiritually, you know, this is one thing I know some of you are going to hate this right now. Um, and if you got somebody to forgive in your life, you need to forgive Man, don't wait, forgive them. That's one of the things I think mental that causes depression. It causes anxiety because a lot of times there's bitterness, unforgiveness towards that person. And now with Facebook, you probably have 47 Facebook memories you see every other day with somebody you probably need to forgive. It's a family member or whatever. It might be an ex-wife or it might be something. Co-worker. Yeah, co- you know, those things Anybody. that you sent me to trigger you. Mm. And, you, and, you know, you, I, I sit there, I, I would just sit there and think about there's somebody you need to forgive in your life. On the unforgiveness, man, it just trick. There's so many things with that uh, that I see. And uh, another thing, too, that if, if you sit there and you've been this way for a while, like if you believe your life always has to be this way, it's never going to get better. That's a lie. And uh, 100%. I mean, find somebody to talk about that lie, too, because it's, you know, it's that's not a truth. It's kind of like, hey, I, I've been driving this car, like Ryan said, on, it's on. It's on a flat. It's on a wheel. You know, like, hey, change the wheel. Change the tire and put some air in it. There's ways to do that. You know, and that's where um, if you don't like where your life's at, you know, just change it. Find somebody to help you do that. And that's where, you know, a therapist a lot of times is just a guide. Like, I go to therapy and he's like, you're a co-therapist. And I was like, I don't want to be a co-therapist. I want you to tell me. Then no therapist ever tells you what to do. But they, uh, it's like those things like, oh. I know to do this. I know, you know, help me, help me. It's like a co-pilot. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I see a a therapist is somebody who looks at you from 10,000 feet, right? You're down on the battlefield and you're hooking and jabbing with the bad guy. So you can't see that you're about to run into, you know, a battalion of enemy. You don't see that. And it's your, and maybe it's your own map that you've made, your own grid. What's your blind spot? You know, it's your huge blind spot because like, when you, you know, if you were heard yourself, the things you said and heard the things you thought, you'd be like, hmm, that's not good, you know? Yeah. And that's where a lot of times that's what a therapist, a good one is. They'll say, hey, this is what I, you're, you're saying. You know, and it might not need to be, you know, sometimes even with my own wife, I'm like, that's not what I meant to say. I need to put better words to this. Yeah. And uh, just uh, those things, but, you know, mental health, go back to that, you know, um, it's one of those things that, you know, like I said, I have a master's degree in counseling and, uh, what I, what I realized in the two years I was getting that degree is like, man, how much I had wrong with me and how much that, you know, the time, you know, 32 years of dysfunction and sitting there trying to hide stuff or sitting there deny whatever that it wasn't going to be fixed in one session or two sessions. It wasn't going to be fixed with, you know, one prayer, one day of meditating or one day of rolling jujitsu that, Hey, this is a journey of relearning, peeling the layers back, you know, cleaning that closet out of those skeletons and and, building an internal peace. Yeah, exactly. And forgiving yourself, man, you know, and forgiving people and, uh, bridges you burn, you know, I still, I mean, like the road, I, I look mentally, emotionally, man, I'm at a different place than I was last year. I yep. was two years ago, three years ago, you know, you know, 10 years ago. And that's what it, it's a journey. But what happens is, you know, today, Rebecca Chatswell said, you know, like going to counseling is uncomfortable. So uncomfortable, but it feels so good. 
Same thing about working out. It feels so good. You know, those that's things. The, bro, that's yeah. the forging process yeah. that is what is yeah. forged by fire, right? Yeah. Is you take the steel, yeah. is which is you and you and I, how we grew up living yeah. white knuckled, chasing the women, drinking the booze, being crazy, what we thought was the life, white knuckling life. Then you forge that into the uncomfortable process to build inner peace right? To get the spiritual, mental, and physical warrior, which is all in one, come out. That's the hard process. And then in the end, that's the progress. Just like anything in life, like lifting, like learning, like anything. And and that's where, you know, like to me today is like self-awareness about your mental health. You know, sitting there, don't wait till things are too bad. Don't wait till you're divorced. Don't wait till you've made a bad decision. You've gotten fired. You know, whatever. You know, sit there and say, look in the mirror and say, what can I do to be better? You know, what what's what's wrong with me? Sitting there questions and it's like, and you've, I dare you to ask your spouse. It's like, you know, ask them it's like something in your life you can improve on. Yeah. <laughs> and let them speak and not say anything to them, but say thank you. And, uh, you know, those. I mean, or a good friend. Yeah, or a good friend. Yeah. 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 <laughs> How are you doing with a wife? Yeah. You might get jacked but, up. But it's that, that part too is, you know, like, <laughs> you know, that question asked Jessica's like, How can I love you better? And a lot of times, like, Hey, would you put the coffee, make your back in the corner instead of leaving it at the edge of the bar? Something simple. Put yeah, the towel up. It's like, I'm Tara like, tells yeah, me, put the towel up. Exactly. So, like, those things, man, we just, uh, but your mental health is in there, um, being aware of that. Being aware, you know, um, like, you know, I said, but it's, you know, definitely dedicated our friend Cody that, man, his memory, we love him. And, uh, just, uh, I was at the range this couple of days ago doing some stuff, you know, seeing some benches he made out there and, uh, all that, you know, those little things like that reminders, I think he'll be in our memory forever, you know, and I hope so. stickers and his t-shirts and this, you know, his son that how, you know, the things that I see that, um, it's going on. It's just, it's just awesome, you know, to sit there to celebrate him and just, you know, to bring, just, uh, honor him. I just want to say something because we're about to close out. Um, this is for our listeners, man. When Cody passed away, he left a, a, a notes to a bunch of people. And one of the things he wrote in a note, he wrote to me, he just talked about our friendship and, and me treating him like a little brother and loving on him. I want you to understand is you don't know who's dealing with mental health issues. You might be walking right next to somebody and they're dealing with these mental health issues and they're literally a straw from their breaking point. I'm going to challenge everyone to include myself and Rob to give people grace and love people where they're at. You don't know what kind of mental battles people are dealing with. And Cody wrote about that inside of his letter. And he said, you know, you loved me where I was at. You were always nice to me when I was having down times. And I don't remember those things. I just remember, you know, trying to treat him nice. But listen, what if I would have said something and I would have took out my own, I project my own problems on Cody. It would have made the problem worse, right? Right now we're living in COVID. Things are, like uh, Hefley said, they're magnified. People are at their breaking points. Man, give somebody some grace. Man, speak life into somebody. If you have the opportunity to post something positive on Facebook, man, do it. Because people are dealing it. I mean, we told you about the data, one in four. And so one in four, 10.3 million people dealing with suicide right now. Just show people some grace, man. A smile goes a long way. 
and Cody wrote about that in his letters. So, um, man, thanks for spending time with us for Forge by Fire. Man, we've been off for a while. We're going to be getting back after it. I love spending my time with Rob Hefley. And uh, we're going to come back probably next episode. We'll we'll talk about and catch some stuff up. But, uh, Rob, you want to close it out? Close out our podcast? Last thoughts, and I close it out. What you want to do, buddy? Uh, big thing is if you need help, please seek help. There's tons of ways. You know, okay. You know, he can message me and Ron, you know, you guys on here, because we will advocate for your mental health. And be confidential. Yeah, exactly. And uh, like I said, I'm a member of some group of some therapists, different places. And also, like you know, so I can't afford it. Hey, there's there's tons of pro bono stuff, especially for vets and, and for people. And uh, and just uh, don't do not do life alone. I mean, that's one of the things. Do not do life alone. And don't wait till it's catastrophic. And um, like Ron said, man, give people some grace. And uh, just uh, and, uh, and that question, you know, ask, you know, ask yourself, you know, what brings you joy? And uh, do more of that uh, every day. And, uh, man, we appreciate you guys. And thank you guys for all the ones that have been the listeners that, you know, kept listening and kept pushing me and Ron. And since we live two miles apart, Ron has no reason not to come see me Welcome all to the, the time. Dojo. And, uh, and, man, like I said, we are blessed to be a part of just a beautiful community. Just, you know, man, and I'll tell you this right now, like you have what it takes. You're worth it. You know, it's those things that, you know, God you're creating God's image that he has things for you, he has purpose for you, he has, you know, those things that some of you guys have forgotten about, you know, that I think sometimes we need somebody to help to show us, you know, and sometimes it just takes a look in the mirror and see who we really are. But, man, you guys have a great week. Can't wait to be on here some more with you guys. And uh, it's Forged by Fire, out. Out.